Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Room for Everybody. Today, we have Katie here speaking with us. So, Katie, would you mind sharing a little bit about the identities that you hold? Okay. Well, I am a person with a language impairment and learning disabilities. My learning disabilities are in written communication, reading comprehension, and math. And I was diagnosed at the age of three with a language impairment and at five with learning disabilities. And when I was three years old, I was nonverbal. The only way my parents and teachers tried to get me to communicate was ignoring my pointing and gestures. They really wanted me to communicate because the only way I knew how to communicate was through my body language. I would throw myself to the ground, almost lunging and hitting my head when I was frustrated. And when I was excited, I would jump up and down and have a big smile on my face. And I didn't say my first full sentence until I was five years old. And to this day, I wish I knew what that sentence was. And as I was growing up in preschool, I didn't really have many friends. My only friends were my brother, Alan and my cousins and my cabbage patch doll Faye Ronnie at the time and then I met my first friend in kindergarten and then it just kind of I flourished meeting other people with disabilities and we became friends. Wow thank you for sharing all of that with us that's really an interesting journey. I liked what you were saying that you were able to communicate through your body and I wish the adults Mm -hmm. around you would have been able to recognize that and respond better to you at that time. So where are you at now? What are you doing with your life? Right now I am a paraprofessional for children with special needs. I um, help support elementary age students in their general education classes in their special education classes. And right now with my life, I am also working on writing a book about my life story. And speaking of rooms and stuff and and all that, I need to step away from my house to go to like coffee houses and restaurants that have Wi-Fi. It's a little distracting at home with the TV and two dachshunds. (laughs) So I've been trying to get out of the house and write. And I feel it's better to write somewhere away from home I feel like get more a lot more accomplished and I even go to the library and sometimes it's it's quiet and calming so Mm -hmm. I can get my thoughts down on paper yes definitely I know I've heard from various writers their preferred spot that has exactly what they need and it is often outside of the home I think I would be very Mm -hmm. tempted to nap or watch tv or do Mm -hmm almost anything else (laughs) like it requires a lot of focus going back to what you were saying about working with special needs students what can you tell us a little bit more about that I um, support children from kindergarten through fifth and I support them in their general education classes and also their special education classes Mm -hmm. and in their classrooms they're both classrooms, the general education classroom and the special education classrooms, they have calming corners to where the students can go in that corner and chill and relax and relax their bodies 
to be able to come back to learning. Yeah, that sounds very important. I wish that even adults had calming corners. I think Mm -hmm. that sometimes we need a break and a space to decompress and calm down. Yes. Did you feel like growing up you had any spaces like that where you felt calm and comfortable? Not in particular in my growing up in my um preschool to, to high school years. Well, I didn't really feel that I had a, a room that I could comfortably go to. When I was in starting college, I had a best friend's mom who helped supported me with some of my classes and just going to her house and knowing that it was a calm distraction-free zone, I was able to get through all of my classes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. I love these three kind of spaces that you brought up, like where you go for writing, where Mm -hmm. students go to calm down, where you felt comfortable. I think that it really highlights how different spaces can interact with our different needs at times. Like you don't just have one space that you're in all the time doing the same thing you need different Mm -hmm. almost like zones to be able to move through the world effectively yes yeah that's really cool are there any other things that you've seen in the classroom that either help your students or seem to be overly distracting to help them put students is like a token system to help guide them and keep them on track Mm -hmm. as well as them just observing their other classmates and peers yeah definitely does it feel a little bit like a full circle moment for you to be in that position where you're now helping students yes it is becoming a full circle because when I grew up I didn't really receive the self-advocacy skills I needed and was taught until I was a junior in high school so I wanted to come like full circle and teach the elementary school kids that those skills at that age so that when they grow up, they're not stuck and be like, okay, what do I do? Who can I ask for help? How do I get the support that I needed? Definitely. I think it's really important and beautiful work that you're doing. So thank you for doing that. Are there things that you, if you could kind of go back and talk to the adults that were around you, what do you wish you could have told them? I wish I could have told them and ask them to give me like some suggestions or some scenarios on self-advocacy so that I could advocate for myself when I was growing up in elementary and middle school. Those are the years that are the most important to for learning. I mean, high school is too, but I didn't learn those skills until I was a junior and I wish I learned them a lot sooner so that maybe I could have gotten more support with like especially my math classes Mm -hmm. and science classes in school yes absolutely I feel like self-advocacy is something that I'm still working on would be helpful for many children to learn because it's very hard to say this is what I need and it's great when that's received well but it is really challenging when people are not listening to you And I also felt in those classrooms in elementary and middle school, I felt that I would, the teachers probably thought like I was shy and quiet and that, but they, no one really tried to open me up and bring me out of my shell Mm -hmm. to show them that I can communicate and get my needs met. Right. Yes. 
if you were helping someone learn how to advocate for themselves, what would you tell them is kind of the first step? The first step is just to speak up for yourself and just ask for help if there's something that you don't understand in like in school. Ask your teacher. I mean, they're the most important people that could help answer questions and then also advocate um advocating for yourself you'll get to the place it'll lead you to places that that you want to be successful at Mm -hmm. yeah definitely that's wonderful thank you so much katie i feel like you've shared a lot of insightful things for our audience today is there anything else that you would like to share as we close not that i can think of okay well great thank you so much for being here today i really appreciate it thank you dear listener thank you for joining me on today's episode this podcast is produced by eden environments an inclusive and sustainable interior design firm our human-centric design strategy creates spaces that are fat and neurodivergent friendly trauma-informed and sustainable If that sounds like what you need, contact me through Eden's website to get started. For the latest updates, sign up for emails and follow along on your favorite social media platform. And until we meet again, I wish you gentle days.